been able to make a couple of special vacations to New York City. And the second time that we came, I wanted to go to the International Building on Fifth Avenue where there is a statue. And if you've ever been there, you look up at that statue, it is a statue of Atlas. Now, Atlas was a, a legendary uh, figure, a titan, uh, according to Greek folklore, that was considered the strongest man in the world of that day. And if you look up at that, uh, that statue, you see that he has enormous shoulders He's got bulging thighs, he, he's got uh, rippling muscles, and he's holding up a globe. He's holding up the weight of the world. There's a sense in which I believe that that statue of Atlas is symbolic of our society in America. Our cities are filled to overflowing with people who feel, and maybe you're feeling that this morning, like they're carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders. I suspect that I'm talking to some folks this morning that are bravely bearing back-breaking burdens that have loaded you down. And that crushing load makes you feel like that you've got the entire world on your shoulders. Now, there are no exceptions. There are no exclusions. Uh, there's no exemptions. Because as we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 4, we are all burden bearers. One translation says, we're all weighted down. You may feel weighted down this morning if you have had your home totally destroyed and all your possessions soaked in river water or whatever. And you've lost everything. You may feel like that you've got the weight of the world this morning if you are a primary caregiver, like my wife and I are, to a disabled loved one who is bedridden or an elderly parent who's homebound. Or if you're a part of an eldership this morning, you may feel weighted down because you are bearing the concerns in your oversight of a local congregation, of all the, the members of the church. Or, or maybe you are at your wit's end because your life is in a disarray. You're fighting some kind of addiction, some battle within. Maybe you're just feeling the stress and the strain of life in your because of your failed marriage or because of your fractured family. Or maybe you're dealing with prodigal children or maybe your career is going nowhere. Or maybe you just feel 
in the depths of your being, your guilty conscience of the sins of a lifetime. Is there anybody here who feels in the depths of your soul that you're burdened down with the weight of the world? It's all up to you. Everything's on your back. What do you do when you feel that way? Whose responsibility is it to bear the burdens of life? Well, I want to answer that this morning from the Bible. Because I believe that God gives us three weights that we must bear. That we need to consider. First of all, there is a weight that I must shoulder. Listen to what Paul says in Galatians 6 and verse 5. Every man must bear his what? Own burden. We live in a society that nobody hardly any day wants to take responsibility for anything. They don't want to say it's my fault. I've got a, a responsibility here. The New Century Version says each person must be responsible for himself. There, are, there is a burden, a load of life that nobody can carry for me. I must bear alone. I spent uh, a tour in the U.S. Marine Corps. I'm proud of my service. I wear a little, little sign here on my coat that says I'm a veteran. But I remember my time in the Marine Corps, especially when I went through boot camp because they were preparing us for Vietnam, which fortunately I never, was, I never had to go. But when they issued us our military supplies, they gave every one of us a soldier's pack. And that word that Paul uses when he says every man must bear his own burden is literally a reference to a soldier's pack. There was a, <clears throat> every man had to carry his own pack. You couldn't pass that pack on to anybody. And, and in our preparation, a lot of times we would uh, be forced marched to a area where we would set up bivouac and, and we'd stay there several days. And we had to load up that pack so that it became what we called a transport pack. I mean, you had to carry enough stuff in there to get you through several days. And I remember as we would force march to that particular area, there were times when I... I, I I didn't think I was going to make it. My shins were, were, were hurting. I couldn't hardly stand it. But you see, the commanders that were over us, they knew exactly how much a soldier could handle. They knew what you should be responsible for, and they were developing us, strengthening us, helping us to carry our own path. And in a similar manner, Christ has given to each of us a weight that we must shoulder. Did not Jesus say clearly in Luke 9 and verse 23, 
every man must carry his own cross. And so we need to have courage to bravely press on and carry our own weight. In the verse prior to verse 5, verse 4, Paul says this. He says, let each test and prove his own work. You know why? Because the day is coming, brethren, and it may be sooner than we anticipate. In which he's going to hold each of us personally responsible. And we're going to have to individually give an account in the day of judgment for what we've been responsible for. For example, in Romans 14, verse 12, every man must give an account of himself to God. 2 Corinthians 5, 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every man will receive the things in the body according to that which he hath done, whether good or bad. We all need to come to grips with our own circumstances. Be honest. And give serious evaluation to our own situation and ask ourselves, what is my own burden here? What am I responsible for? What can I do to fix this, to eliminate this, to resolve this problem? Maybe the bills are stacking up. Because of the pandemic, you've, you've lost your job. And you don't know where your next dollar is coming from. And the way our politicians are dealing with, you're not likely to get another COVID payment for a while. Maybe the work at the office is stacking up sky high. Maybe steam is building up in some relationship. And maybe you've been given a mountain of demands. And people are depending on you. And all that's staring you in the face. Somehow. I've got to sort out the duties and tasks for which I alone can and must perform. So what are the burdens of life for which I must shoulder? We sing a song. I, must I bear the cross alone and all the world go free? There is a cross for everyone. And there's a cross for me. And then there is a weight that I must share. Listen to Paul in the same chapter of Galatians 6 and verse 2. In verse 5 he says, Every man must bear his own load. Your own pack, backpack. But then in verse 2, prior to that, he says, Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now if you were to look at the Greek, the original Greek words of that text, it's not the same word for burden in verse 5. Verse 5 is a, a little lighter load that I must shoulder. But in this verse, verse 2, it is a bigger, burdensome load that is too heavy for me to bear alone. I've got to share it. It's a little word for ship's cargo. Imagine that. 
the heavy, burdensome, weighty cargo of an entire ship. And so Paul draws a distinction here. And what he's trying to say to the Galatian brethren is, we are family. Amen? Church, we're family. We're fellow strugglers. We, we, we're all are, are involved in a fellowship that is a shared relationship. We're interrelated. We're interdependent. We're interconnected. Our membership is internetted, if you will. Intertwined, uh, interlaced. And that's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 26, we're members one of another. If anyone suffers, what? We all suffer. If anybody is honored, we're, we're all honored. In Romans chapter 15 and verse 1, Paul said, You which are strong ought to bear the burdens and the infirmities of the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Uh, that, that, that he did not please him, uh, the, the, the actions of the Lord Jesus. He did not please himself. And in chapter 12, in about verse 15, he says, if, if we weep with them who weep, and we rejoice with them who rejoice. Now what is the way of the flesh? I'll tell you what the way of the flesh is. The way of the flesh is every man for himself. Let him sink or swim. Everybody should suffer the way I did. That's the way of the flesh. But what about the way of the spirit? It's that of mutual assistance along the pathway of life. Well, in this spiritual journey from, from earth to heaven, Burdens grow infinitely lighter by the helping hands of our fellow saints. And so sometimes life hands out a load that is heavier than we can bear alone. We stagger beneath the weight of it. And fellow members of a local church should not stand around and point fingers. Brethren, if we only knew what some of our fellow saints are going through, we would not be so judgmental. Amen. We talk about the church having isms. And it's got some isms. We talk about liberalism and legalism and Traditionalism and secularism and sectarianism. But brethren, there's one ism that ought to fill the church. We don't want to talk about it much, but you know what it is? Good Samaritanism. John Fawcett wrote a beautiful song when he said, Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. 
and the fellowship of kindred, of kindred hearts is like to that above. We share our mutual woes. Our mutual burdens bear, and for each other flows a sympathizing tear. And so, brethren, when we see our brothers and sisters carrying a load that, they, that it's too heavy for them, let's lift it, let's shift it, let's share it. Because we're connected. Let's don't wait till they fall beneath the weight of their cross like our Lord did. And Simon Sereni had to be compelled to bear that cross for Jesus. John 3 and verse 16. We know verse, uh, 1 John, uh, we know gospel of John chapter 3 and verse 16 by heart, don't we? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know that verse. What about 1 John 1.16? He laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Now watch it. Whosoever hath this world's goods and sees his brother hath need and withholds his bowels of compassion, literally grabs his gut and closes off his sympathies, how dwelleth the love of God in that man? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue. Talk. But in deed. And in truth. Now, there's also a weight that I must shed. In the book of Hebrews, in chapter 12... It's following up chapter 11, which is face great hall of fame. And so the Hebrew writer has just mentioned all the great heroes and of faith of the Old Testament times. And then he says, seeing then we are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily beset us. And let's look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. There is a weight that I must shoulder. There is a weight that we must share. There is a weight. That I must shed. The context here of this passage is a picture of the Greek Roman Olympics. And those champion athletes who competed in the games, the Olympic Games, the runners, they would remove all clothing. In fact, History says that a lot of them ran in the nude. Now, now Paul is not suggesting that Christians, we run around in the nude. But he is saying, you've got to shed some stuff. And, and, and you've got to, there are things that will hinder you. There, there is a weight 
that will prevent a Christian from running and winning the Christian race. And it's spelled S-I-N. And we've got to shed it. Now, if you're unsaved this morning, thank God you're here. Thank you for coming to the, Inter the Enterprise Boulevard Church this morning and, and opening up your heart to, to Jesus and the Word of God. And, and you're thinking about becoming a Christian this morning. Let me tell you something. If you are unsaved, the only way to shed your sins is to bring those sins to Jesus. Jesus said in the Great Commission, go preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And about 10 days later, Peter followed up in the first gospel sermon that was preached on the book, in Acts chapter 2. And he tells this crowd who says, men and brethren, what shall we do? They want to know, what shall we do to shed the sin of having participated in the crucifixion of Christ? And he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promises to you, to your children, to those of Lake Charles in 2020. You want your sins shed this morning? You've got to turn from them and lay them on Jesus. And the blood of Christ will take those sins Away. Well, what about Christians? What about the saved folks? We never sin anymore, right? No. If we're, uns if we're saved. Then we all have besetting sins, don't we? Do we not? Absolutely. And the only way to shed them is to confess them to Christ. Humbly, sincerely. And to change our conduct. And so John says in 1 John 1 and verse 7. If we walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship one with the other. And the blood of Christ cleanses us of our sins. And that's present continuous tense. Just like the windshield wipers on your windshield going through a rainstorm. Throwing that water off of your windshield. So you can see. We also have our sins shed daily by the blood of Christ. But we've got to walk in the light. And so in 1 John 1 and verse 9, he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen to what David says in Psalm 38. This is a verse that you need to put an asterisk beside in your Bible Underline. He makes this honest admission. He says, For my iniquities have gone over my head. There's, there is a heavy burden. They're too heavy for me. That's how he starts out that song. And then he ends it by saying this fervent prayer. He says, Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. He made this exclamation in Psalm 68, verse 19. This is another verse out of the Psalms. Praise be to the Lord God, to God our Savior, who, listen to it, are you listening? Amen. Who daily bears our burdens. There it is. 
That's why Peter said, cast all your care upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. Yes, there's a weight that I must shoulder. There's a weight that I must share. And there is a weight that I must shed. And so maybe you're weighted down this morning with some kind of emotional weight, some kind of physical weight, some kind of spiritual cargo that only Jesus Christ can carry for you. I cannot carry it for you. You cannot carry it alone. You've got to bring it to Jesus. I love this song. I must tell Jesus all of my troubles. I cannot bear these things alone. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. He will help me. He alone. You know, God never intended for us to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. He just never did. I was at a nursing home several years ago, and I, I love to go to nursing homes and do devotionals for the old folks. One of the days I may end up there. <laughs> and, 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 and I was talking about our problems and our, our difficulties and getting old and you can't hear and you, and you know, it's, you, you can't do anything and you're dependent on other people. And, and I was just, I mean, boy, I was just really dealing with it. And all of a sudden, one little old lady, she gets up out of her wheelchair and she says, she starts to sing. She said, oh, he's got the whole world in his hands. And I thought, you're right, ma'am. This is our Father's world. We need to let Him rule it. You worried about who's going to be the next president? I'll tell you who is the sovereign head of the church and the universal leader of the entire world. It's my Savior, Jesus Christ. And so don't get panicky. Don't get filled with anxiety over what's going to happen this coming uh, Tuesday night or thereafter because Isaiah 9 6 says the government will be on his shoulder did I get an amen there he's on the throne and I need to look up to him Dr. George McCloughlin was one of the great YMCA directors that has ever been. And years ago, he was serving in a YMCA near Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And everything was just going great. Everything was going straight up for a number of years. And then all of a sudden, like you faced here in, Saint Charles, uh, in, in Lake Charles, I mean, man, one disaster after another, the, the COVID, I mean, you've, you've had it. You've been through the ringer, as we say. Well, all of a sudden, that's what was happening to George. I mean, the YMCA was losing membership. It was in deep financial debt. He was dealing with insurmountable da daily difficulties. Uh, terrible personnel problems. He was working 85 hours a week trying to desperately straighten everything out. He was worrying and fretting to such an extent that he was forced to go see 
a psychiatrist. And the psychiatrist told him, said, look, George, you're going to have to let go of the weight of your work or you're going to have a nervous breakdown. And so one day he decided to take the day off. Hadn't done it in months. And he walked out into the woods of western Pennsylvania and he found him a big old oak tree and he sat down under it and he just began to relax. And it wasn't long until he began to feel the tightness in his neck go away. And the tenseness throughout his body began to be released. And he took out a pen and some paper and he wrote a short, simple letter to God. And he said, Dear God, I hereby today resign as the general manager of the universe. Sometime later, he wrote about that incident and he said, In wonders of all wonders, God accepted my resignation. <laughs> Well, maybe you're here today and you're trying to fix every problem. Yeah, you're a fixer. You've been trying to change every person at work, at home, in the church. You've been trying to shape up every situation under the sun to get it, everybody just the way you want them to be. Is there anybody here that needs to resign as the general manager of the universe, of your universe, and let the sovereign God, Lord, do his job? I told you I'm kind of a transparent guy. I'm a three-time heart survivor. Now I know I look a picture of health. I look like I'm 40 years old, don't I? But I'm 74. And five years ago, I couldn't walk from here to the, to the boulevard without having chest pains. I'd had quadruple bypass. I'd had stents. And then I came out of the woods one night, and all of a sudden, I'm feeling it all over again. Deja vu. I barely made it to the truck. I got home. I saw my heart doctor. I survived that heart attack. And Dr. Stone said, John, <clears throat> you're either going to become an invalid or you're going to die. Or I can show you how to live. And so I went on an exercise program, a diet program that I, my wife and I are on today. And I can hit that boulevard out there and I can go 10 miles. I'm fixing to ride my bicycle for a marathon with my son, December the 3rd, who's going to be running and pushing our little Down syndrome 13-year-old grandson in a, in a wagon. He's a marathon runner. I'm going to ride my bicycle along with him. <laughs> Y'all thought I was going to run the marathon, didn't you? I'm not that stupid. 
He just finished a hundred, well, he didn't finish it, but he was running a hundred mile run in North Georgia recently. He made it 87 miles. I am embarrassed that I have such a stupid son. <laughs> but I was in the waiting room of my heart doctor one day. And I looked up on the wall and it grabbed my attention because I felt stressed out under my weight and my work as a local preacher. And I read this plaque. Hello, I'm God. I'm here to bear your burdens today and to handle all your problems. I do not need your help. So relax and have a blessed day. I can trust that truth because of what the Bible says. And I give you the message on this. I've been carrying you on my back from the day that you were born. And I will keep on carrying you when you are old. Thank you, Lord. I'll be there bearing you, John, when you're old and gray. I've done it and I will keep on doing it. Carrying you on my back. Saving you. Well, if you go to that statue of Atlas, that mighty titan, with the world on his shoulders, if you'll go to the back of that statue and look straight ahead, you'll see St. Patrick's Cathedral across the street. And if you'll walk across the street and go through the doors of that cathedral, you'll see a statue, not of Atlas, but of Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, presented in a fashion that somebody conceived him to be. And in his arms is Jesus. And Jesus has got his arms outstretched as if to say, I've got the whole world in my hands. And so listen to his invitation when he says, Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, weak and heavy laden. Come unto me. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly at heart, and you shall find rest under your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I want to challenge this church to go home this afternoon, and I encourage you to pray this prayer every day this week. And I, and I challenge you to, to, to start making it the daily habit of your entire life. Lord, I bring to you my burdens. You know my situation. You know I can't make it without you. Comfort my heart. Give me strength. Help me. To carry on. What a wonderful Savior we serve this morning. I'm so thankful that you came to, for this assembly today and to worship the true and living God. And I hope as your preacher for the day that I have given you hope. I've challenged you to bear your own burden. There is a bear, a, a, a weight that you must bear. I hope, church, as a church family, we'll continue to do what you've been doing. And you've been doing it 
masterfully well. There is a weight that we must share. But then there is a weight that we must shed. And that's sin. And God help us to take it to Jesus. And so we're going to sing an invitation song. And we're going to encourage you to give your life to Christ. Brother B.J. Lampton, is that right? B.J., the song leader. <laughs> they got it wrong here. <clears throat> We're going to come and lead a, read, sing a song together. And as usual on the Lord's Day, we don't want to leave the premises without extending the invitation of Christ. Surely there's somebody here this morning that needs to become a Christian. I'm just a visitor here today, so I don't know your heart. I don't know your life. I don't know your need. But you have elders here who love you, who shepherd you, who care for you. And whatever your need is as a Christian, and you need the prayers of God's people, you need some support, you come, and a shepherd will come and assist you and help you. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, what a glorious day this could be. Somebody said this is All Saints Day. That's a religious tradition. In Mexico... It's the day of the dead. I've been down there during the day of the dead. Skeletons everywhere. It's kind of like Halloween here. But God wants you to be dead to your sins and alive in Christ. And that can happen if you'll come and obey the gospel as we stand and sing together.